Welcome to the Beltway Broadcast, the premier podcast for the workplace learning and talent development professionals of the Association for Talent Development's Metro DC chapter. We've got some great resources in store for you today. Hello, fellow ATDers. I'm Christina Eanes, the 2021 Director of Virtual Programs for the Metro DC chapter of ATD. And I'm Leticia Niago, Vice President of Learning. And I'm Stephanie Hubka, the Vice President of Finance. We also have Helena Hodges, Director of Technology and Operations, as our producer. For this episode, we are interviewing chapter member, volunteer, and the voice of our podcast, Julie Waters. Welcome, Julie. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Well, before we jump into our topic of connecting with your audience, please share a little bit about yourself with our listeners, your background, what brought you to this moment in life? Yeah, sure. Well, um, right now I am a full-time voice actor. That's not how I started out with my my work life. Um, after college, I actually joined the Army and went off to become a military police officer so I did that for a couple of years. The Army sent me to law school. So then I was a lawyer with the Army, uh, a JAG, for about six years before I left active duty in 2016. And so I was kind of home with my kids doing the stay-at-home mom thing. And then um, after about a year of that, as as they started to, uh, well, my youngest started to go to, to preschool and I had a little more time, I started thinking, what work can I do that uh, would be enjoyable, that I can do from home, that's flexible? And I just kind of met somebody that did voiceover and I was completely intrigued. And um, as a theater kid at heart back in, you know, from high school, I, I just loved the idea. And so um, since about 2017, I, I just started to look into it and learn and gradually build a business. Uh, so now I, I do voiceover for commercial, corporate video, political ads, uh, explainer videos, and e-learning. And so that's how I came to join ATD was looking to learn more about the e-learning community and network and connect with uh, folks in that industry. So here I am. Yay. And now you can add podcast to you know that resume. <laughs> yes, podcaster. <laughs> I mean, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I just blown away. So with all of this background, this is perfect for our our topic for today. So let's tap into your expertise for our listeners. How do we better connect with our audience as talent development professionals? As I thought about this topic, I kind of thought of it in two ways, uh, how to formulate your message as well as how to deliver that message. So I guess diving into the first part of that, formulating your message. And for that, I really think back more to my time as an attorney, um, you know, in the courtroom, making opening and closing arguments and doing trials. And I think the biggest thing that I learned over those years was you really, really have to have a structure or a framework to the information that you're presenting. That may, may seem kind of obvious, but the way I like to think about it is you're sort of you're creating like a scaffolding with nice and neat sections where people can put the information that you're giving them. They have a nice place to hang it. I think we know that our brains work and are all about pathways and connections. So, you know, you can you can feed people individual facts or data or bits of information, but they're going to be able to use it much better and retain it much better if they have a way to connect it to all the other information you're presenting them. I really employed that when I was writing, especially a closing argument, um, because over the hours or days of a trial, 
you're getting bits of information and bits of evidence out on the table. And if you even think of it as little post-it notes all laid out over the table, you have all these individual facts and pieces of evidence, and you have to find a way to put them together and connect them for your audience, which is the judge and the jury in this case. So when you get to the end of that trial, you really have to overtly connect each of those little important facts to maybe three or four overarching points. So an example that I thought of was uh, if you have an assault case and a couple important details from that was that person A was angrily shouting at person B before the fight broke out. And then another fact that you brought out was that two witnesses testified that person B is usually a meek or peaceful or nonviolent person. And then you're going to have, you know, 10 more facts You could present all of those individually, but they're more effective and memorable if you connect them together under a bigger theme or umbrella of person A was the aggressor. So that seems simple, but I've seen people fail to do it so many times, and just what it comes across as is rambling. Our brains love categories. So as you're presenting information to your audience, whether it's live or it's in a conference room or it's putting together an e-learning module, um, you want to think about categories and how to present that information uh, so that it's directly connected to to a few categories to make it more memorable. I love the idea of the post-it or the the picture of the post-it notes, like almost mm-hmm. like you could put your different categories and ideas on post-it notes on your wall and use that to create the structure and the framework. Absolutely. It's almost like a puzzle. And then you need to figure out what goes where so that you can sort of pave the road of connections for your audience and make it easier for them to sort of just take in what you're presenting. Oh, I love it. And, and is that how you recommend people do their their e-learning as well? I would think so. I mean, I've never personally written an e-learning course, but one of the problems with e-learning is that You don't have that person-to-person connection, so organizing the information and making it more relevant and salient for that person is even more important. So yeah, Yeah. I think so. Yeah. And so we've connected with the audience through a structure, a framework. We've made sure that we've laid out our argument, if you will. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How do we then connect with our voice? Well, and I want to go back really quick. Oh, sure. The second part that I want to mention about that is, is once you have that, there's a second element. And that is the so what. And that is sort of finding the emotional connection between your audience and the information. So for every fact or detail that you're trying to present to your audience, kind of want to ask that question. So what? Why do they care? Or why will they care? Should they care? And if you can't answer that question, that could mean that you need to brainstorm some more. But it could also mean that maybe that maybe that needs to go from from what you're presenting. I like that. So I could also see with the so what, that's also kind of the uh, the WIFM that we talk about in training, right? What's in it for me? Mm-hmm. So we need to make sure that that so what applies to the individual, what's in it for them, the the individual consumer. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, yep. So what is the, then are we ready to get on to the voice? I'm so excited about that part. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. So when I think about delivering the message, I mean, even if you have the best information and it's it's interesting information, I think we've all been to so many different classes or briefings, and we've all seen the difference between, yeah, the other presenter was fine. It was fine. You know, nothing wrong with it on one hand. And then on the other hand, wow, they were so compelling. I felt so engaged and connected. You know, I didn't even notice the time going by, things like that. So, you know, there's there's a difference between those two. And I think the difference between those two really comes down to you emotionally connecting both with your own information that you're presenting and with the audience. Now, to digress just a little bit, 
when I started doing voiceover, I started doing some classes and some individual coaching. And when I started, I think like a lot of voiceover uh, artists, when they first start, here's how you think voiceover goes. You think that you read a script and then you think in your head how it should sound. And then you open your mouth and you copy how you think it should sound. And you think that's kind of how it works. But I very quickly learned that is not how it works at all. <laughs> that kind of might give you that like that like fake sounding radio voice, but it doesn't really get you the, the best jobs. It doesn't get you the most connected delivery of a script. So what you have to do is not worry so much about how you're delivering it and how it's sounding, but you just want to. It's more like acting. That's the acting part is is connecting emotionally with the script or the copy mm-hmm. and just uh, letting it come out as it comes out genuinely. So the advantage that trainers are going to have is that uh, you probably already know the material really well. If you've been developing a course or a module or something, you probably care about the material. So that puts you ahead of the game, you know, in voiceover, by contrast, you get a script, you don't have a whole lot of time. If you're just doing an audition, you want to kind of get it through quickly. So you know, you, you get a script about a new corporate financial policy. We have to try and figure out a way to be connected to that and interested and invested emotionally in that. So that's kind of tricky. This is like a moment of like, aha for me, yeah. because you can tell, right? So there's one person I interviewed, he had an awesome radio voice, but it just seemed fake. Whereas mm. with other people, well, for like, like your voice, I mean, you can tell there's a genuine connection there. And that totally makes sense because you're emotionally connected, like uh, in the the ATD mm-hmm. podcast uh, intros and outros. You could tell that you're truly enjoying doing that. It's showing up in your voice. Whereas, you know, other people, even though they've had like great radio voices, it's like, oh, that sounds fake. So it, I just, you just gave me an aha moment. Thank you. And that is why a lot of times with uh, e-learning specifically, it doesn't come out so good because they just said, oh, you know, Joe from accounting has a nice voice. Let's have him do it. And, you know, if you if you don't practice this as a, as a craft and an art form, it's tough. But I also want to say, uh, you know, it's not automatic. There are times when I come in to do auditions or something and I'm just not feeling it and I'm trying and it sounds forced and I just have to go take a break and do something else for a little bit and then come back. So it it takes work and and practice for sure. You know, I'm curious too, when you talk about emotionally connecting into some of the content, do you take opportunities to ask questions when you're working with clients or you're, you're kind of talking with others about subjects that perhaps you don't necessarily know a whole lot about? Do you have a moment sometimes where you're able to ask to make it a little bit easier to connect in on your own? Mm-hmm. Sometimes, for an audition, you don't usually because you just get uh, you get this, the little section of the script and you get a few directions and it might just be like, oh, we want a young, enthusiastic female, you know, or friendly and warm, and that's about all you might get. Yep, yep. Um, but if I'm recording li- in a live session and being directed by the client, yeah, then it is easier. Um, and they'll say, you know, try it like this, and you just kind of take a minute and let what they said sort of sink in, and then and then. Um, deliver the line a couple times. Or yeah, I might, I might, if I'm talking to them on the phone about something, just say, okay, so, um, you know, what are your thoughts about how you want this to sound? Uh, what emotion are you looking for? Are there any adjectives that you can add? Because any, any information at all is helpful. 
I love that advice, too. And I think you're totally right. Sometimes you don't have the time or the space to be able to ask those questions. But when you do, and you have a moment to either seek clarity or get some perspective as to what the client might be looking for, it sounds like it's very much what many of us might encounter at work. You know, if you have a question, it's a good idea to ask it. You often find that you probably can do an even better job if you get a little bit of that context. So it's interesting to hear that that's something that when you have the chance anyway, can be useful for you too. For sure. I mean, always better to ask. I think people sometimes in all jobs and contexts are like afraid to maybe show that they don't know what they're doing. But it's so important to just ask the question and you'll get a better result. So especially when uh, the client or the specifications of an audition don't provide this kind of information. As a voice actor, you're always going to want to ask yourself a few questions. Who am I when I'm delivering this script? Who am I delivering it to? Who's the audience? And why am I saying these words? Why am I saying them? And not only why am I saying them, but why am I saying them right now? And if you can answer those questions, that really goes really far towards giving you that emotional connection. And if you don't flesh out those questions, you're kind of just floating in air with with the script. So that's something that, you know, if you're doing an e-learning module or you're presenting to a crowd, you want to think those questions through each time that you're presenting. I love that. I actually try to uh, visualize uh, who I'm talking to when I'm doing it um, or, or just like if, pretend I'm in the classroom talking to a group of people. It, it helps me too. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, in, in the end, I think we all, you know, you hear this and we all know it that in the end, being yourself will foster more connection. That's easier said than done sometimes. But uh, I guess, you know, ultimately just you know, once you know the material and you and you know what you're presenting, try to worry less about delivering it perfectly and more worry more about just being authentic and um, and yourself because people definitely connect. I do have one more question that I would love to get your take on. And I think it relates a little bit more to the technical part of voiceovers. Mm. I know a lot of Metro DC ATD members, and in fact, a lot of people in the profession do narrating, and it's not necessarily because it's what they do or even what they want to do. It's because we have a lot of teams of one who are out Mm -hmm. there. And I'm curious if you have any tips for the teams of one, for finding the right space to handle recordings, for putting yourself in the right mindset, anything that might help people to start to you know, both connect in, but also ensure that they're able to get a decent quality out mm-hmm. of the narrations that they may have facing them. Yeah, well, that's that's a pretty big topic because it's the kind of thing where, you know, yeah, there's some quick tips, but then that can range all the way from a few tips to spending thousands of dollars on equipment and your space and everything like that. You know, so there's the equipment that you have and you don't have to have the fanciest, you know, $500 microphone, but, uh, you know, do a little research and and I know that those websites and YouTube reviews are out there to review different microphones and get something that works for you, you know, basic editing software, things like that. And then for your space, um, I mean, there's two, there's sort of two aspects of of good sound. And one is uh, isolation or, you know, removing sounds. You want a quiet space. But the other aspect that most people don't think about is, you know, the reverberations of where you are. So they're two separate things. You can have a totally quiet room, 
But then if there's echoing from your own voice, that's going to really impact adversely the sound. This is why actually the best place, if you don't have a fancy booth and where my my recording space was before I before I got a sound booth was in a, a walk-in closet, a really small walk-in closet, because you have all that clothing in there and it's like all layered together and that's a really good sound wave absorber. So as you're looking for a space to record, think about that and um, maybe set up a little desk or something with a little microphone <laughs> in, in your closet. I think you've just sent a wave of relief out across the metro D.C. region as people realize that sitting in closets trying to get away from the dog and the kids and the noise out there is exactly (laughs) where they should be. That's where I did my first narrations. And uh, it brings a smile to my face to think about the fact that maybe that was a good decision after all. So those are some great tips. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's uh, that's a, a reality for many professional voice talent around the country. I can tell you that for sure. (laughs) As I'm listening to, I'm also thinking, hmm, Julie, I wonder if you do any coaching. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, no, there are so many brilliant and experienced coaches out there, um, both for the acting side of voiceover, the tech side, the business side. And um, I'm still learning and uh, maybe someday. But I, I think that, you know, there's also resources for folks that want to do their own narration for their e-learning courses, um, you know, do some Googling or or uh, I could, you know, provide some suggestions of, of good websites just talking about the tech or the technical aspects. Oh, awesome. And we will make sure that your website uh, is in the episode description so people can check it out. Awesome. Julie, at the end of every episode, we like to ask our guests five rapid fire style questions. Each question requires less than 60 seconds to respond. Ready for some rapid fire? I am ready. Great. So give us one book that all talent development professionals must read and why. This is tough because I love to read and I love to read books about very random things. Um, But I'm going to say there's a book called Brag, The Art of Tooting Your Own Horn. Uh, It's by Peggy Klaus. That's Klaus with a K. And the reason I recommend that is because it kind of teaches you how to how to brag about yourself. And and especially, I think everybody has trouble with that, but especially women. Um, and I, I would love to see all women everywhere empowered to speak up for themselves and uh, be confident. That's a great recommendation. Now, give us one tool that you recently learned about that you started using right away. I did learn about a new tool, uh, probably about last week. This came from a fellow voice actor. And it's called Paperly. It's paper.li. It's a website. And what you can do is you go there and you're sort of creating your own newspaper. So you can type in keywords and topics. And then every day, this, this website sends you a little newsletter of different news articles from all different sources. So you can use it to get ideas to share on social media or LinkedIn, or just for your own, your own development on a given topic. It's really neat. What's the best piece of talent development related advice you've ever been given? Um, this is a tough one. I think, I hope this is related enough to talent development, but I think for me, the thing that, that comes to mind, we've all, all been in the situation where we're stuck in a tough job or a tough role, or you know, we have our eyes on that next position or that next achievement or the next job. And it's hard to be patient, um, but I think the absolute best thing to do and the, the best advice I've gotten about it is just 
take a breath, be present in the role you're in because every role is va- ha- has value. And if you're always trying to get to the next thing, you're missing out on lessons and knowledge and connections with people in the role that you're in right now. Wow, that's really good advice. So tell us now, what is one thing you're excited about that is coming up in 2021? Um, well, to be perfectly honest, my answer is that I'm going to be turning 40 this year. And uh, I know that we're supposed to dread that, but I'm excited because I feel like every every decade in my life has been unique. And I I feel like I'm sort of entering a new chapter with, with the voiceover business and everything. And so I'm just really excited to move into the next chapter of my life. I love it. Celebrating life is what it's all about. So tell us, what is one thing within our chapter that you're deeply grateful for right now? Well, I'm super new to the chapter, but this is easy to answer. As we all know, we've been dealing with a global pandemic and we haven't been allowed to go out and do all the things that we normally love to do. So hands down, the best thing about um, sort of taking the leap and joining ATD uh, DC has been meeting new people and making connections. Um, I mean, I'm doing this podcast right now, which wouldn't have happened. And I'm so grateful for that opportunity. Well, Julie, what an awesome first guest you have been for us today. <laughs> so, I'm so thankful you've shared your wisdom and with your awesome, I, I lack of a better term, awesome, awesome, awesome background and sharing your wisdom. I think, well, I know I've learned a lot. I'm sure the ladies have. Absolutely. So many tips, so many tips <laughs> that I'm going to be able to use. This has been such a fun half hour. I know. This was incredibly interesting. Oh, yeah. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you all for having me. And thank you to my co-host as well. Thank you. This was fun. Yep. This has been a blast. Thank you so much. And many thanks to our community for listening. Before you go, we have a message from our producer, Helena Hodges. Membership in the Metro DC TD provides you with multiple benefits to enhance your career. Not a member yet? What are you waiting for? Go to dcatd.org forward slash membership application to join our chapter today. Love this episode? Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and provide a review. 